0: You can reach us at proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center code. 10 years, I was an owner in a wedding business, uh, owned it with my wife, my sister, and my brother-in-law. I'm not sure whether I've told you all this before, but but we did. And it was fascinating. We had almost 2,000 events. We had a couple of different wedding venues. We had uh, two chapels, uh, which had reception facilities. We had full-time chefs and service staff. And, and just being there at what most people consider to be the most important day of their life and the confluence of of families getting together and blended families getting together and all the drama and all the craziness that comes with weddings we jumped into. And it was, uh, quite the experience, uh, I don't know whether you know this or not, but what do you think the single biggest day is for the purchase of alcohol in the United States? What, what, what day of the year comes to mind? And since you can't answer me, I mean, most people will say, well, that must be, uh, uh, that must be New Year's Eve, or maybe it's July 4th. And the reality is, is it's the day before Christmas, and then the day before Thanksgiving. And the reason is, is because people purchase alcohol so that they can get liquored up so that they can deal with their family. Or I, I don't know if that's really the case, but it certainly seems to fit. So if you take all that and you add it to a wedding, you know, one singular event where Aunt Sally and Uncle Joe are going to show up, and and we've got some blended families issues. I mean, the drama is just craziness, and maybe someday I will do a uh, podcast on just weddings alone. I certainly have seen a lot of things, and perhaps I can um, share some insights on that. Anyway, when we got into the business, we, we really didn't necessarily know what we were doing when we first started. and I think it was our third event, maybe our fourth event. Uh, we had uh, uh, a um, uh, bridal party come up to us and say, hey, listen, one of the groomsmen has, has has drank too much and he's he needs to pass out. Can he sleep it off in your groom suite? And our groom suite had a nice leather couch in it. It had some tables and was really uh, designed really nicely. And of course, we had a bridal suite as well that was even nicer than the groom suite. And we're like, sure, sure, absolutely. Let him, let him go sleep it off in there. Well, we came back an hour later and this guy had thrown up all over our groom suit. I mean, it had thrown up all over our new furniture everywhere. It was awful, absolutely awful. So, needless to say, we learned a lesson. So, maybe two weddings later, maybe three weddings later, the uh, bridal party comes up to us and says, Hey, listen, the, the groomsman has had a little bit too much to drink. Can he sleep in the groom suite? Can he sleep on the groom suite? And we're like, No, no, no. You need to get him out of this building right now. And they're like, but listen, we're going to have to have somebody to go stay with them. But I don't care. Get out Sally, Uncle Joe, anybody. Just take them out of the facility. Get them out of the facility. And no matter how much preparation we had done ahead of getting into the wedding business, some things we could learn by book and some things we just needed to learn by experience. And today, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about experience. We're going to talk about being street smart. Things that you learn while you're doing them. Welcome to podcast 76 on keeping your best people. And we're going to talk about nesting this week, which is street smart. Last week we talked about book smart, which was being in the classroom. This week we're going to talk about street smart. You know, just a side comment. I mean, that really is what wisdom is. Really, really, wisdom is kind of a combination of book smart and street smart. And you know, I've got a lot of gray hair now, and uh, for those of you that do or even for those of you that don't, even if you're in your 30s, you think back and you go, you know, if I just, if I just had the information when I was 16 that I have when I'm 30 or 25, imagine what I could have done. Uh, imagine what I, what I could do with that with that street smart, book smart combination. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, which is that second phase of keeping your best people. Last week was, was uh, training. Now we're going to talk about nesting. And so nesting is, is, is that area that fits right outside of once you've been in training, when you get them first out on the floor, they get their first real taste of what's going on. And you usually put them in, 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 a, in a nest or in a cocoon where they're, where they're, where they're protected. And most people feel, feel very proud of this section of their business because it's usually their best effort. It's where they get the most coaching, the most training, the most encouragement when they get out on the floor. And so I want to look at three key components of nesting that I think can help you be successful or maybe be more successful than you already are. And the first one up is that we have to communicate that you're ready to start, that, that these folks that are, that are in this nest, that this, they're, they're time for the, this is time for the real world, right? They, they've got their book smart. Now they're going to apply with all the craziness that comes. And I know that some of them have done a little bit of work. Perhaps you've done some some test calls, or maybe even done some live calls, uh, in uh, your in your your training. But now this is where things are really going to get going. And so it's really important when you tell them they're ready to start that you know we set expectations early. That it's going to be fast. It's going to be hard. We're going to run into some upset customers. They're going to make mistakes. But 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 this is what this is all about. This is about jumping in to the pool, getting wet. And getting that experience and it's really important when 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 we tell them that they're ready to start that immediately we learn very early uh, ahead of time if possible where they're not confident so that you can build them up and give them extra teaching because every single person is going to be a little bit different every single person yes may have scored well or not scored well in your in your training but there's also different levels of confidence and there's some people that are that are capable of just jumping into the pool and other people kind of have to step into the pool. They have to go to the, the shallow end and step in and get the temperature set and then work their way into the pool. So it's really important that you understand what the personalities of these folks are so that you can help them to set expectation and get them in a position to be able to to do the things that they need to do. And. You know what there's there's also you're going to get some people that are a sponge man and they just can't get more information and and they want more and and you'll just notice it that they they're just willing to take on more and if they are man keep that sponge wet just just give them all the information that you can just keep feeding them and of course there are other people that are they're going to go a little bit slower i always kind of call it the fire hose water hose kind of a experience some people can accept a fire hose of advice a fire hose of 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 criticism or critique better to critique than criticize. And, and, and then other people, I mean, you just have to just have to have kid gloves with them. So understanding where somebody is so we can prepare them to get ready to start. And the other part of, of getting them ready to start is just establishing teamwork. These folks are gonna be out on the floor and maybe they're gonna be out on the floor with you, or maybe they're gonna be at home, but their ability to be able to connect with the people that they're working with is really, really important. So any that you can get, you know, that you can dispense advice to more than one person, any time that you might be able to get get Sally, who understands it, to share with Joe. And I know that you're going to have people that'll be sitting next to them, and and they'll 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 uh, they'll jump on and, and listen to calls and help them and work them through it. But but having a peer, having someone who who's going through the same thing I am, being able to see where they are maybe the areas that they're more successful than me and some areas where they're farther behind, gives me a sense that, you know what, I'm okay. Even though I don't know everything. I mean, I may not know five out of the 10 things, but but, but Judy doesn't know five out of the 10 things. They're just different than mine. So that teamwork, that connection, that, that peer-to-peer time, because you're both in the same experience. And you've heard me mention this before a long, long time ago, that it's kind of how people do summer camp. Most summer camps start out with the sheer... Misery of the bus ride and so all these kids that get together that may or may not know each other When they when they get out of that awful bus ride They've got a combined experience that they can that they can all cling to they've got something in common They've got this miserable bus experience and going through that misery going through those challenges Helps them to bond together so that when they get to camp they, they feel like they're connected in some way Even though they've never met these people before they may be from completely different communities and com- completely different everything, but but they've got this one shared experience. Well, where your folks have had a had a shared experience in the, in the classroom, which, but now they're gonna have a shared experience out there. They're in the pool, they're swimming. And so that shared experience will hopefully keep many more of them afloat. After you tell them or after you communicate or after you intentionally make decisions to communicate to them that they're ready to start, the second thing that we need to communicate over and over and over again is that they can do this. They can do this and that you're going to come alongside them and you're going to help them be able to do this. You're going to be help help them be able to do this because you're going to evaluate them and you're going impr- to and they're going to improve. They're going to be able to try things and they're going to improve, but there's going to be evaluation and evaluation is good because an evaluation helps them to get better. And one of the key components of that is going to be quality monitoring and the side-by-side experiences that you have where you're going to be pointing out many of the things that they need to do better. But hopefully you're also very, very focused on pointing out the things that they do really well. That you're, you begin to start immediately to find them doing something right. And that means that you can sandwich with them, which means that I can tell them something good, tell them something they need to work on, and tell them something good again. And it's really, really important that you're consistent and you're critiquing, not criticizing, That you're also making sure that you're finding them doing something right along with the things that they don't do well. And I'm talking about the roses, daisies, and the weeds because there'll be some people that will really flail. And you'll have to work really, really hard to find something that they're doing good. But you need to find something they are doing good because they need to understand that they can do this. Because again, some people will break through really quickly and other people it may take some time. But time is something that you have right now because they're in this nesting period. This is, where they're, this is where they're supposed to fail. This is where they're not supposed to be very good. And this is where they're supposed to get better. And you know what? Sometimes, in the same way that, that customer experience works, sometimes somebody doing poorly and then doing really better allows them to see that, hey, they really can't do it. It's like having a customer that never calls you. They never know what your customer service is like. They never know what that, what that experience that like, likes. So they don't build any loyalty to you. But the moment that they have a problem and you fix it, they gain more loyalty, they gain more confidence in the fact that they know you can help them so they're more loyal to you. It's the same way when, when people are learning. Many many times not being good at something and then getting really good at learning and getting better it builds confidence which helps them to see that they can do it. Engagement is also critically important in this nesting period and it's really really important. Because because that's where we begin to connect them. That's where we begin to understand and recognize that there's going to be multiple touches and multiple ways that they're going to that that they're going to have an opportunity to excel and an opportunity to be special in their own unique way within your environment. This is where where they begin. I belong. I, I should be here. And and that starts with a cornerstone of accountability. We need to teach them that it's their performance, their results and their effort that are gonna make the difference. We need them to understand that this is all about them and what they do and whether they're doing it again in a classroom or whether they're going home, their accountability, their ability to own what they're doing comes with them beginning to understand and recognize that they can handle it. If you've ever been in a car with somebody that's an unconfident driver, you don't wanna be in that car. Because you want them to at least know that they feel confident that they can actually get you from point A to point B. I always joke that, that I always want to make sure that the pilot on an airplane wants to live more than I do. Because it doesn't really matter whether I want to live. It matters whether that pilot wants to live. I was on a, um, I, I jumped out of an air, uh, airplane one time, nuts, I'll never do it again. But I did jump out of an airplane and before, it's one of those back-to-back Things where you you know you you're, you're um, on the back of somebody or they're on the back of you I guess and you you tandem jump out of the airplane, and before the person that I tandem jump with, I made him open up his iPhone and show me that he had some some appointments coming after, <laughs> after that morning and he he actually had his grandmother's birthday and had some other softball game at the end of the week so that gave me confidence to know that he was really. He really had an expectation that things were going to be successful a little bit later on. So, so he owned his performance and I needed him to do that. And In the same way, we need our, our frontline reps to own what they're doing to have accountability. And then the other thing we need to do and that You Can Do This is, is we need to get them to understand and appreciate and begin to get a feel for their fit in this day-to-day experience. They need to learn the pace. They need to gain endurance. They need to uh, understand what they need to focus on. And repetition is gonna breed competence. So, so the calls that come that are the same are, are, are really good because they'll, they'll, they'll get some repetition and they'll get some confidence that hey, I've got this one, hey, I've got this one. And as repetition comes, and as they gain endurance with the confidence to be able to know that they can do it, that they can do this for six, seven, eight hours, whatever the amount of time period is, I create confidence. And with confidence comes the desire to learn more and the fact that I can learn more. And, and that internal accountability that, hey, this is, this is my responsibility. I, I have a lot to learn, but I have learned. I can learn more and I can put myself in a position to be successful is exactly where you want them to be. Well, after you're ready to start, you can do this. The third one and maybe the most important one that you need to teach them is that they have lots of help. You're going to do a lot of coaching and you're going to do a lot of mentoring. There's going to be side-by-side. I know you've got experts, but getting across to them, what can we do for you together? How can we help you get better? How can we help you get your performance better? What do you need to improve? What do you need to learn? That side-by-side coaching, that coaching that comes from QM, that coaching that comes from one-on-ones, that coaching when you take everybody off the floor and you sit down and you walk them through something that's going on they need to understand that they have lots of help, especially in this period. And one of the ways that you use that help is that you use burst training, which is there's maybe you've got some classroom, but also small bursts of information that you can give to them in short components that allow them to learn something very quickly as opposed to having to, to get off the phone and sit in, a, sit in a class. And yes, you can dump 10 things on them or 20 things on them in some uh, abbreviated classroom, but you also can, can do short key topics remind them. And and then if again, if you've got an LMS system that will help you do that, then it's something that you not only can do do there, but you have the capacity to do it later when they need it, which is because they're not going to know everything. They're not going to remember everything. and let, And let's also be clear, things are going to change. So I want to have the ability to be able to do burst training with them where I can give them short moments, where I can communicate what it is they're doing. Of course, QM is going to be a critical component of this as well, and they'll be synced to them, but they'll be learning the feedback that they get from QM and beginning to understand what it is they're going to get out of that, and that needs to be a healthy discussion. I've already mentioned it again, but let me try one more time. A sandwich approach of things that they've done well, things they need to work on, because QM is going to be something that's going to stay with them forever and ever and ever. So getting them to understand it, to be comforted by it, to be confident by it, maybe even to look forward to it, especially in this mode where they're trying to learn But maybe later on when it's not just something that's trying to catch them doing something wrong, but it's a validation of the things they're doing and a way to invest in them and make them better. And and finally, and you have lots of help, uh, I, I think the most important by far is the introduction of the customer. In the nesting period, we need to introduce the customer. We need to get some customer feedback to them. And how you introduce it to them matters. Make it a big deal. It's always about the customer anyway, so let's make those customer words that they're going to get. Let's show them how those customer words are going to encourage them, and they're going to get them on a regular basis. And obviously, we know that customer words can help them, and customers can change behavior. We also need to communicate very early on that the customer comes first. And it comes first because we give you this data, you can see this data, you understand it and and that's one of the key components of feedback that you're going to get is from the customer. And of course, those customers are also going to be grading for CSAT or NPS or FCR or whatever your KPIs are that are related to the customer. But getting the customer involved, getting them to be a part of it and introducing them when, when they leave nesting and get their first steps on the floor. They should be, they should be, they should be embracing the customer data. They should be thirsty for the customer data, and they should be looking for it. Not only one to bring them encouragement, but also to give them an opportunity to see where they can change and how they can get better. Street Smart, your first time in the pool, your folks are are swimming now, and they're in an environment where where you can really make the best of it if, you, if we focus on the fact that they can do it, that we give them lots of help and we, we create an environment where, where they know that we're going to introduce the customer to them and the customer is going to come alongside. Keeping your very best people. Do you keep them? Do you lose some in training? Do you lose some in nesting? We've got two more places to go With this four-part series on keeping your best people. This was nesting. Next week, we're going to focus on first steps. This is when they advance out onto the floor. This is when they become a part of your team. This is where we welcome them. We need to have a core competency of bringing people on board, a core competency of, of, of preparing them in nesting to be ready to go. Their first steps on the floor is also the next critical area. And we're gonna talk about that next week. I tell you every week that you can be a great leader. I know you can, it just requires hard work, it requires focus, and it requires somebody to come alongside you. If you found that person to come alongside, if you have, let me know. I'd like to know that you found that person to come alongside you, that you found somebody to mentor you, or found somebody to pour into your success. And I hope that if you're experienced, you've been around that you're pouring into somebody else's success. If it is, let me know, reach out, tell me. I would love to hear about that. Also, I just want to give you another reminder that, that coming up soon, I'm going to start video podcasts where I invite guests on and I'll put it on a YouTube channel where you can listen to me talk to industry experts and hear somebody else's voice besides mine, which I know will be a blessing to you. It's been great to talk to you this week. Can't wait to talk to you next week and stay focused and keep your best people. Bye bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.